Well, whether you're here in person, which we're so grateful for, or whether you join us online, we're grateful for that as well, because we believe that what God is doing through this series is powerful and it's going to be changing. And I'm so grateful for all the encouragement that I've received, the text messages and the emails that I've received and the phone calls saying people from people from you guys appreciating this. So I want to dive in today and I'm going to start in with a story. In all the years that I've been preaching here, I don't think I've ever told a story that throws an elder under the bus. That changes today. Now that I have your attention. You may not be aware, but on Monday nights, the ministers and our shepherds, we gather, and we're undergoing a Bible study together. And what are we studying? We're studying this material right here. And I love it because what God does in that moment is He reveals so many things to us, and we begin to share how this Scripture impacts our life personally. So the story I'll tell will be on an elder. I'll let him remain anonymous, but his initials are David Kelly. And if you don't know David, he served for many years as the deputy chief of our local fire department here in Temple and had a distinguished career there and almost always garnered the respect of his men except for once. He was, they were fighting a fire that was, took place in the Hancock Fabric Building. This was when the building was located downtown. The building is being consumed and is full of smoke, and so David is going to make entry going in through a side window that was at street level. And so he busts out the window, st- sticks his leg in, finds the, finds the floor, climbs in through the window, is standing now, he's in a smoke-filled room trying to gain his bearings, trying to figure out where his next step is going to be and how they're going to attack this fire and then give order to his men. He begins to make his plan, and then he goes into action. And when he does, that first step of action, suddenly he is in free space, falling to the ground. And with a full complement of bunker gear on, I can only imagine it looks like a turtle turned upside down (laughs) on the ground. Now, here's the thing. For you guys that are here on campus, he's the one leading the class today, so you can ask him about this story. So there, there's reason to hang around. Now, I don't want to make too much fun of him because it did involve a trip to the hospital from this fall with all the other firefighters just kind of looking at him laying there on the ground. But the reason I share the story, and I got his permission to share the story, but the reason I do is because we live in a world right now where so many of us think we're standing on solid ground. What David was standing on when he entered into that room was he had put his foot onto a table right below that window. And so he is standing 36, 48 inches off of the ground. And so when he takes that first step, he thinks he's on solid ground, he thinks he knows where he's safe, and he's got his orientation, and he takes that first step and he falls into free space. That describes our culture and the world we live in now so many ways right now. So we're going to talk about this word today as it relates to the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the word truth. And we live in a world, I'm going to suggest, and I don't think I have to work too hard to convince you, we live in a world where this word has been twisted and bent almost beyond recognition at times. And one of the struggles and one of the the things that we face is that 
most people are concerned with being politically correct than being correct. And we have so nuanced truth in such a way that it's almost unrecognizable. We actually have phrases that are starting to make sense because we've heard them so many times. It says, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. Has anybody heard that one? This idea that you get to define a certain level of truth and then I'll define a certain level of truth and as long as our truths don't conflict or as long as we keep our truth to ourselves, however you want to define that, then we'll be fine. And why I start here is because Jesus addresses this. Now, you may not believe in the Scriptures, and you may not believe in who Jesus is, but I want you to at least have an open ear to what's going to be said today, because as we explore, you're going to see that Jesus had incredible insight into the way we're wired. And I say this all the time. It's going to seem like what we're reading today in Scripture could have been written yesterday. That's how fresh and relevant it comes across. And so, we've been looking at the role of the Holy Spirit. And I've confessed that there's all kinds of places that this series could have gone. And simply to give us some direction, I decided that we would start with what Jesus said. So we've been living out of the Gospel of John specifically chapters 14, 15, and 16. And so if you have your Bible or you've got an app open, I want you to go to Gospel of John chapters 14, 15, and 16. And if you're using a, a printed Bible or something printed, I would love for you to have a pen or a marker or a pencil or something because I'm going to give you several scriptures here and I want you to highlight and underline some stuff. You can do this on an app if you want. But I want you to be able to take these because I want you to go back after this message and sometime this week in your quiet time, when you're reflecting about what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, I want you to have these to go back and reference. I want to show you three places in those three chapters where Jesus puts the focus on what the Holy Spirit's going to do in our lives when it comes to this relationship of us living out what it means to be truthful. So, the first one is John 14, chapter, 16, I mean, chapter 14, verse 16. He says, and this is Jesus, once again, he's telling the disciples he's going to send someone. He's going to send an advocate. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. Because remember, when the Holy Spirit shows up, it helps us do something. It's not just there and present. It's actually active, doing something in our lives. I'm going to help you and be with you forever, and then he gives the Holy Spirit a title, the Spirit of Truth. Now he repeats this again, John uh, 14 verse, I'm sorry, John 15 verse 26. The world cannot accept, I'm sorry, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, here it is again, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father. So once again, the Spirit of the truth is going to come from the Father and go out from the Father. And then Jesus gives us one of his marching orders. He will testify about me. If you're underlining, underline or circle that verse. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. Then the last one, John 16, verse 13. But when he, and he references it again, the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you 
into all the truth, he will not speak his own. He will guide you into all the truth. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit's going to guide you into all the truth. And here's where we find the help that he's going to give today. In a culture where we don't know if we're standing on solid ground or not, are are we at risk of something and you just seem to look out there and you look for sources of wisdom and there seems to be great debates going on and great arguments and our, our world seems very confused about this? There's a reason. Because Satan is the prince of lies. You don't have to believe in Satan for Satan to still be effective in the world. In fact, sometimes I think Satan would prefer you didn't believe in him. Because then the lies seem more like truth because you're unaware of their origin. And so what I'm going to propose today is that what Jesus is saying is that when the Holy Spirit comes, when, when we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives through baptism, that what we have is we have a super natural presence in us that I'm referring to as a truth detector. And it helps us to identify truth. It, it, he goes to work in our lives in a very particular way that changes how we think and how we perceive the world and helps us step back from, from ledges and tables that are actually an illusion onto solid rock. Paul picks up this idea, and I'm going to show you. Let me show you, if you have your Bibles, flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to work my way through a paragraph here. And we're going to go in and out of this paragraph through the rest of the message. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us. Okay, watch Paul take the words of Jesus and expand them out for us. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the Spirit is perpetually into research. It is learning and growing and is understanding the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? It says, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And so, what the Spirit's going to do for us is, it's going to reveal to us the mind of God. We can have the mind of God revealed to us. And so, here's a takeaway number one. The Spirit will reveal truth to you. That's one of the jobs of the Spirit. The Spirit will, review, will reveal truth to you. It takes this mind of God, it gives, it gives us the mind of God, and then it begins to reveal things. It helps us to hear the truth when truth is spoken. It helps us to discern truth when we see it, or when we hear it, or when it's revealed to us, when we encounter it. Um, Paul goes on in the Corinthians passage. I read to you um, 10 and 11, here's verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world. 
but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. The Spirit plays a critical role in helping us to understand what the gift of grace through Jesus Christ is for us. Our new standing before God. Our new identity. And if you think there's any place in our world we're confused about truth, it's in the, world of, or it's in the realm of identity right now. And so what the Spirit is doing on our behalf is it's helping us to reveal and understand what our identity is and who we are before God. That which has been freely given to us. I'm going to suggest that there's three ways. There's three ways that the, that the Holy Spirit goes to work on us. First, it begins to reveal to us what God has said through Scripture. When you come to Jesus and you begin to read Scripture, you're not reading it alone. You're not reading it without a powerful resource already at work, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth at work. And it helps us to interpret and read and invoke Scripture into our life. It's the Word of God being interpreted by the Spirit of God. Second way is it works on our internal thinking. It, it becomes another voice that begins to adjust the lies that we perceive about ourselves. So once again, remember, Satan is the prince of lies. And for a time being right now, he's allowed to run rampant in the world. And yet, we're not just simply let um, uh, exposed to his, you know, whatever uh, strategy that he wants to perform. We have a resource, we have a supernatural resource in the fact that God allows us the spirit of truth to adjust our internal thinking so we don't have to believe the lies that Satan wants to put out. I have worked with so many people through the years in my ministry where they kept wrestling with this one thing. I'm not good enough for God to love me. And God can never love me. And that's a lie. Not because you are good enough, but because Jesus is perfect. And you've been granted His righteousness and God loves you at this very moment in that condition as much as He's ever going to love you. You don't incur more of God's love because you work harder tomorrow than you did today. You don't start stacking up chips in the God category because you give more effort at it. It's this in kind of eternal thinking that Satan would love to have you so twisted around that what you think is that God really works off the merit system and your merit's never going to amount to much. And so through Scripture, through adjusting our internal thinking, and then the last one is the communal discernment. We need each other. We need each other, especially in the area of truth. Because there are times, often, that what God does is He doesn't speak through a single person. He speaks through a community of people. That's why it's so important for you to be in community with somebody else, to be in community with a group. So when you're walking through something, perhaps you're starting to listen to some of these, these internal lies. 
that somebody else can come around you, a group of people come around you, and they speak wisdom into you. There's a powerful example of this when you get into Acts chapter 15. In Acts 15, there's a big debate going on how, how the church go forward. And we'll, what will we do to include the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people in the church? And if you read that, it begins as, full of the Holy Spirit and revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, we determined. And they go on and give their, their, uh, the things that they decided. But it took place amidst the discussion of the believers. And in that group, and out of that arose, what's truth? I've watched this play out numerous times when our shepherds go into seasons of prayer together. And they're praying for discernment that God would lead us and lead them and lead the church in the right area. And inevitably, always, I watch. Not because these guys are, are perfect, but because the Spirit is. And through the prayer and the seeking discernment and through the, the patience and the persistence of leaning into who, where God's calling us, they always have made the right choice. And it's not, it's not because they're so smart. It's because what the Spirit's doing, and that communal. And you need people in your life. This is why we're so big about small groups here. That you need people to walk with you and speak into your life. And sometimes they need to get in your way and stop you from going down a path that you're going down. And sometimes they need to come around you and say, we see something in you that you might not see in yourself right now, but we want you to know that God has some big things in store for you. And we want to encourage you and challenge you and call you to step up and reach out somehow. And all that's possible. And that's what the Spirit is doing with the Spirit of Truth. Second takeaway I want you to take. Well, the first one is the Spirit will reveal truth to you. The Spirit will speak truth through you. Back to Corinthians. Paul says this, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom. Okay, this is what we speak, not by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The Spirit helps us to speak. And it's always going to help us to speak about the truth. And what is the topic that the Spirit helps us to talk about? Jesus. The Spirit is always going to reflect and glorify and hold up and praise who Jesus is. And so, when we become consumed by the Spirit, what the Spirit does in our life is it helps us stay focused on Jesus and speak about Jesus, and be bold about speaking about Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, when you look at where the, all of the, the disciples are beginning to experience persecution and opposition to their message, suddenly these fishermen, these unschooled guys, they grow a backbone all of a sudden. And they start facing down the most powerful men in the land. Almost supernaturally, yes. Why? Not because of an it, but because of a who. The Holy Spirit gave them boldness. Jesus predicted this, Acts 1.8. He says, The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will speak about me. You will testify about me. And what the Spirit does, it allows us not only to walk like Jesus, 
but to talk like Jesus and to become the words of Jesus. And so as the Spirit will prompt you in certain ways that when you speak, you're speaking like God would speak. And you have some neighbors or some co-workers or some family members that the Spirit will urge you to be in, in conversation with. And in those moments, you'll be speaking words of truth by the Spirit. Because you see, the Spirit's heart is all about bringing others to Jesus, bringing others into relationship with Christ. And so if you have the Spirit, how natural will it be, how normal will it be for you to speak about the same things? And so the disciples, without much preparation, without much education, they began to move out into the world. And we sit here today because they did. We, we inherit that legacy of faith. We inherit that spirit that they have. And so the spirit has not changed. And so the takeaway for us is that the spirit will help us to speak truth into others' lives. Now, this may be difficult at times. Because there may be somebody in your life that you see they are going down a direction they do not need to be going down, and it will end in destruction. And you can see it from your vantage point. Isn't it amazing how often we're blind to our own realities? But you can see it in somebody else's life. And you care about them, and you're in a relationship with them, and then you're going to have to have an awkward, difficult conversation with them. And the Spirit's going to urge you toward it. And in that moment, you're going to be able to speak truth to them. Truth in love, because that's the only language the Spirit knows but truth. And you will be revealing something to them, perhaps, that they have been blinded to. And they will see it. And that is not taking place simply by your power, but by the power of the Spirit. Takeaway number four is this. I'm sorry, takeaway number three. The Spirit will testify that Jesus is the truth. Remember John chapter 15? I said, He will testify about me. The Spirit will testify that Jesus is the truth. John, John 14, 6, early in that, chap, in that chapter, that part we read, Jesus says this incredible line that most of you have, have heard. I am the way and the truth, and the life. See, so many people think what Jesus did is he showed up and he gave a set of directions and a set of rules. Here's what you need to believe. Here's how you need to go about it. Here's the steps you need to take. What Jesus did is he came up and said, here's who I am. Believe in me. And so what the Spirit will do is it will continue to testify and reveal to us that Jesus is the truth. And it is the point that Jesus is the truth that will begin to clear up the confusion that we live with so much in our culture now. I'll, I'll, I'll share it this way. I've shown this demonstration before, but it was worth bringing back. I've got a stool up here. And if you were into a, if I were to take you into a dark room, blindfolded, 
I know that'd be kind of weird anyway, but go with it. And you'd never been in this room before, and I set you on this stool. And then we left the room and just pretend for a moment that it's a room that has no light leaking back into it. And you've never been in here before, and you have no reality or no orientation to what's in the room, and so all you know is that you're there by yourself, and you're sitting on this stool. Your inclination would then be to you'd feel the stool, and then what you would do is you'd reach out as far as you could in every direction, wouldn't you? You, you would not lose out of the stool. And if you could not feel anything, a wall, a dresser, a bed, anything else in the room, you're looking for a light switch is what you're looking for, you would simply start to take, you would take one or two steps out, wouldn't you? You'd move this one, two, and you'd feel again. But if you didn't feel anything, you know what you'd do? One, two. Okay, there it is. And then you'd change directions, and you'd try it out this direction, and then you'd try it out that way, and then maybe you'd go backwards. But each time, you, would, you, you don't want to get too far away from the stool. Why? Because the stool is the fixed point outside of yourself. We live in a world that when we start having my truth and your truth, what we've done is we said, my truth can be inside of me. And that robs us at that moment of a fixed point outside of ourselves. The Spirit is here to testify that Jesus is the fixed point. Jesus is, think of the, uh, the ways that he's described in Scripture, is the rock on which we can base our life. But that's only because I don't start defining the truth. The Spirit defines the truth for me, but the truth is outside of me, and so is Jesus. Because what would not be helpful in that dark room is if you're trying to figure out where the wall is, but you like the safety of the stool, if you're going, okay, I've got it, I know what I'll do. <clears throat> because the truth's not portable, is it? When it starts moving with me, it loses all of its help to be a fixed point but so often, what are we doing today? We're moving the truth around with us, aren't we? And we're experiencing great confusion in this world because of this. It, see, it's this kind of confusion that when it comes to our sexuality, we've got so many that are willing to say, as long as it's two consenting adults, that's all you need. And we're moving the point around with us. We're confused in this world, in this society, and only this confusion will let us have a situation where in hospitals you will have a team of highly trained doctors on one side of the, the hall performing an abortion and on the other side of the hall trying to save a fetus at 24 weeks. That's confusion going on. That's what our truth and moving the fixed point around with us allows us to do. It's this kind of confusion that allows one spouse to say to another, I want a divorce because I want to be free. And you think that leads to freedom? With all the hurt that goes with that? It's this kind of confusion that causes us to shout at each other as we have our debates, as we have our heated arguments over social media and other places. We are living in a world that is totally confused. And yet Jesus stands there as the fixed point and the Spirit is trying to point us that direction. And so I'd, I'd end with this. 
1 Corinthians 2, picking up again. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. So just heads up. The world is never going to applaud the clarity that you have because you understand the truth. But they consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And here's the last line I want you to circle. But we have the mind of Christ. The Spirit gives us the mind of Christ. See, not only do we get the righteousness of Christ, we get to have the mind of Christ. And that is a far less anxious, less tormented, less twisted, less broken mind than any mind that you've got right now. Hands down. So that's the invitation. That's what Jesus says when he says, I'm sending you an advocate to help you so that you'll have this kind of mind. I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray a prayer that I'm going to let you leave some quiet time in it for you to have a conversation with God as you ask him to be the truth detector for you in your life. That the conclusion is prayer. I want us to listen to the song that we're using in the series, Holy Spirit, Breathe on Me. And we're going to let that just continue that prayer as we invite the Holy Spirit to be the truth detector in our life. Let's pray. Father, I confess that we're confused. I confess that we thought we were standing on solid ground and we fall flat. I confess that we've allowed the, the lies to come inside. That we've allowed the lies to begin to be, be defined as true. Father, so often we've tried to make the truth portable. And we've tried to conform it into my image. So Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit would do what Jesus promises the Holy Spirit's going to do that it would help us to see truth, that it would detect the lies within us and it would begin to, to change our minds into the mind of Christ. Father, help us to see in Scripture. Reveal to us the truth found there. Help us to hear the community of faith that you put around us and be open to people speaking into our lives. Father, change us, transform us, into your mind. So Father, as we leave a few moments of silence and quiet here, whether somebody's in this room or participating in this message through the online, that you would begin a work in us as we confess the places that we've tried to hang on to our own truths and we've believed the lies and you begin the transformation today. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we ask for the mind of Jesus. And it's by the Holy Spirit that you grant that to us.
Amen.